church's witness is that its members are different, live differently, um, consciously choose to be called out from the world and its values and to live with different values. Um, reorders are our priorities, uh, our view of success, our views of sex and marriage, money and possessions, and of the poor. And that's a big loaded list. It's kind of, you're probably thinking, is he going to get into all this in five minutes? No. Um, the Bible um, is your resource for this. Um, as you read, as you learn, you're going to find it molding and shaping your, your, your views of each of these things. Um, the idea is not that the moment you decide to follow Jesus, all these things suddenly change, and if they don't, you're an utter failure. Uh, the idea is that the Holy Spirit, at that moment, um, becomes a part of your life, um, transforming you from the inside out. And it's going to transform these things. I, I like to say that Jesus is going to mess, mess with your life. Uh, just when you thought you had everything figured out, um, he's going to throw you another curveball and oh, now I need to figure out what I, you know, how to think about this. Or um, I, I, I used to live this way, but now I'm starting to feel convicted to, to live in a different way. Uh, so, so I put this list up there not to tell you, you know, if you feel like any of these are out of line with, with the gospel right now, um, you're not a Christian. Um, the idea is if any of these grab you and you realize, wow, I, I, there's, there's room to grow here, there's transformation that can happen, that's a really good sign that you are um, somebody who's learning to follow Jesus uh, because you're, you're realizing where you fall short and where you need God's direct intervention in your life through the Holy Spirit. From the outside, this kind of a life can look strange and different. Not everybody's going to understand why people are doing these things, um, why, why they don't just um, go along with the way the world thinks about this or that. Um, but for somebody who's trying to live this way, they're doing it because they're trying to live by God's original script for this world. We talked about in Act 1 of the six-act play. God, um, God created us and wrote a particular script for our lives. And what the Christian story says is the script our world is living out right now is not God's script. And so as Christians, we're trying to live by that script even when everybody else is doing a completely different play around us. That's why it doesn't quite fit in. That's why it looks new and different. It's supposed to. It's not supposed to be easy to follow Jesus in this world. Uh, you're meant to be called out and different. Um, now, as we talk about these kinds of things, you might think, well, this is gonna mess with my freedom. I need to be free to choose to live how I want to live, to, to be all I want to be. Nobody can tell me what to do. Um, and and we, we tense up that way because we usually have a particular view of freedom that basically says, for me to be a free human being created with freedom by God means I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want. And that's not how the Bible sees freedom. When we talk about us being created free, uh, we're talking about something a bit different. If you can imagine a train. A train um, running along its tracks, looking out at the beautiful seaside maybe, and looking the other way at some beautiful mountains. Um, this, this train runs along the tracks all day, every day, and, and you can imagine it thinking to itself, if only I could be in the mountains. It'd be beautiful. I could get way up high and, and, and I'd have the best view ever. If only I could be in the sea. It, it, I'd love to you know, go swimming. You know, locomotives do that. Um, so so if, if the train was, was thinking along those lines, it's thinking, I, you know, I, I'm so constrained. 
I wish I could be free. I wish I could go to those places. The problem is, if the train actually hops the tracks, goes to the mountains, goes to the sea, it actually meets its demise. It'll rust out in the ocean, it'll never be able to climb a mountain, its wheels will be all bent, because trains are made to run on tracks. Trains are free when they're running on tracks. That's when they are free to be what they were created to be. They're able to move, they're, they're able to do work, they're able to produce. That's when a train is free, not when a train gets to go wherever it wants and do whatever it wants, however it wants. For best results, follow Maker's instructions. It's the same with human life. We were made to, to live within a certain script that God created for us. And although we can look at other ways of living, we can look at other parts of the world and say, oh, I wish I was doing that. Wouldn't it be great? I'd, and and I, I'm free to do it. We can actually meet our destruction by pursuing everything that looks uh, exciting, fun, different uh, to us. So, so we want to pay attention to God's way of life that he laid out for us. And the Ten Commandments are a great example. Um, you may be familiar with them. They're an important part of the tracks that God has created for our lives. These guidelines that keep us from self-destructing and resting out. They're over 3,400 years old when God led the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt um, through the desert towards their promised land. What God did was he first led them out of Egypt. He got them out of slavery. Then he gave them the Ten Commandments. It's important for us to remember that, the order that they were given in. Um, this wasn't a matter where God said, if you do the following, I will reward you with freedom from slavery. God said, first of all, you are my people. And so here, here's how, how to be my people. Here, here's the container. Here are the railroad tracks for, for, for life as my people, since you are my people, since I love you and, and saved you already. In a few minutes, we'll look at those in detail, but you need to know the purpose of these first to understand why there are laws, why there are Ten Commandments, why there are hundreds of other commandments in the Bible and laws about various things. But I want you to remember where they come from. Remember our grace diagram. Law, people like to think it's whoop, number one. Um, there we go. People always like to think that law is number one. Number one, obey God's laws. God will like you, give you good things, give you a status. He'll have to let you into heaven if you do good things. That puts law number one. But what Jesus actually came to do and actually to remind people of was that number one, God loves and accepts you unconditionally, wants to give you good things and be part of your life, wants to adopt you into his family as a child of God. And number four, as his child in his household, it's only appropriate for you to follow his laws, his way of life. You're part of his house. You eat his food. You uh, go to his party. That's a grace religion. That's what Jesus was all about. And actually, it's what God has always been about. Because even when you look back at those Ten Commandments, you see that God led them out of slavery in Egypt first. He said, you are my people. I love you. I am going to take you out of Egypt and give you good things. You will be my nation. And now that you're my nation, here are the Ten Commandments. So just remember that, that, that the laws are your way to thank God for what he's already given you. For, for his offering you salvation in the first place because he loves you unconditionally. Not a way to earn God's love or to avoid losing it. The laws are not the point. 
they're kind of like scaffolding. If you want to build a beautiful building, you have to put up some scaffolding first. Now the scaffolding's not the point. Even though you might look at it and, and all you see is scaffolding around uh, a structure, uh, even though it's all you see, the point is what's underneath, what they're building. That's the beautiful end product that we're all aiming for. But to get it up, to get it built, the scaffolding needs to surround it for a while. And in the same way, as God tries to recreate us, to, to, to return us to the state we were meant to live in, in full relationship with him, without that barrier of sin, God has to put up some scaffolding to, do, to, to get us ready for that. So to get us ready for God's kingdom, where we live with him closely, personally, and there's no barrier between us, and, and, and we're just living the way he always meant us to live. For that to happen, he's got some work to do on us. So he puts up that scaffolding. He, he gives us these laws and says, follow these laws, they'll help. But someday we're meant to arrive in God's kingdom where we don't need those laws anymore because we've simply been transformed to the point that we live in God's way because it's who we are. Not because somebody told us to, but because we love God and are loved by God. So, so what's actually in the Ten Commandments? Um, the first four have to do with how we love God. Having no other gods before him. Not worshipping things God made. Not taking God's name in vain. Uh, so, so basically not, not claiming... The easiest way to see that going wrong today as Christians is to say, to take the name Christian and not really mean it. To not really mean it as a follower of Christ, but to mean it as, well, I was born Christian, or I, I just, I was I'm part of a Christian family, those kinds of things, is to take God's name in vain in a way. But more formally, it's when we use God's name very lightly. We don't give him the honor and respect in our speech. Fourth, taking time for Sabbath, showing that our God is not our money and our production of things in this world, but we actually take time out from producing and working in order to focus exclusively on God. The other six focus on how we love our neighbor. Um, God giving the structure of family to, to, to structure society, honoring your mother and father as part of that, um, gi giving some kind of structure to society uh, and not committing adultery, that there's a sanctity to marriage there. Um, those are some of the ways that God um, set up the family as the basic unit of society. Uh, criminal laws there. Don't murder, don't steal, don't lie. And finally, there's one that you can't see. It's not an external behavior, but a, an, an attitude in the heart. Contentment, do not covet. Don't, don't want your neighbor's donkey or wife or any of those things. Um, don't, 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 don't in, in your heart desire to be someone other than who God created you to be. Because at that moment, you're wanting to be them. That's a very quick little tiny primer in um, the basis for how we live in God's way as followers of Jesus. Start with the Ten Commandments or even the most basic, the Two Commandments, love God, love neighbor. Um, as you encounter other laws in the Bible, you'll be able to see how they trace back to those ten or those two. Um, 
and, and we can talk more next week if you have questions about law and the Bible and, and how to live uh, as a follower of Jesus. Well, we have a question for you to discuss today. And as usual, we hope that you won't just uh, think about it on your own, but that you'll share your thoughts with some friends, family, colleagues, fellow commuters, somebody else in your life who might benefit from taking this course to help them grow as a Christian. Here's your question for today. If the commandments are scaffolding to help in the construction of a new you, what's the most difficult part of the job right now? In other words, what part of the new you is God having the most difficulty building? Well, have a great discussion, and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye for now.